right, let's do this. He is Nicholas Perez. He is Ben Perez. And we are the Box Box. Box Box. Box Box. Box Brothers Brothers Podcast. Nick, I'm a little sad at the recording of this podcast. We just finished Abu Dhabi, the 22nd race of the season. And that was the final race of the 2022 F1 season. Uh, It was. We're now going into a, not necessarily a driverless off season, but a less driver, less F1 three months until it all kicks off again in Bahrain 2023. But before Mm. we get to there, let's talk about the Abu Dhabi race. What, how, like, yeah, just give me your like impressions. Uh, We had a lot of retirements, not only on the track, but of people who might not be returning to the F1 grid ever again. Mm. So let's just get into your thoughts and let's discuss the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. Well, a lot of stuff happened, but a lot of stuff didn't happen. If you know what I mean, like throughout what the do race. You mean? Yeah, it, ele- elaborate on that because I like, think I know what you mean. But because there was like a lot of on-track overtakes and a lot of passing and mm-hmm. like a lot of racing, but there also wasn't, and it was just it was just a weird race. Yes, and you there there was those on track overtakes like you mentioned, and but the more exciting part that I found myself on the edge of my seat, like it's a will they won't they on strategy. So one of the biggest things was whether teams were going to do that one stop versus try to do a two stop, and you saw the likes of Hamilton at the end of the race being like, don't put me on a one stop. And if he didn't have the reliability issues that he had, he probably would have finished ahead of his teammate, George, and Mm -hmm. uh, continued to exert his dominance over the, over George, the second half of the season. Mm -hmm. But you had teams like, uh, well, I guess even in the same team, they threw George on a two stop and put him on soft tires to just mm-hmm. give him that extra pace at the end of the race. So that was the yeah. really will they, won't they. And you were watching because you were intrigued to see how it was all going to play out. But especially in that middle, the mid game of a F1 race, because that's how I've been breaking down F1 races now. Nick is very similar to chess. So you have your opening moves and that's your like mm-hmm. first 10 laps of the race and then you get into the mid game and it's really strategy setting up for the final probably 10 to 15 depending on how long the soft tire is going for and then you have Mm -hmm. the end game where it gets really exciting again and i was like oh it's reminds me of just watching the queen's gambit and i'm terrible at chess not a good chess player but that kind of lull in the middle while everyone's setting up strategy to then attack at the very end. That's how I felt this race was. Yeah. I mean, I just felt, I almost fell asleep. Yeah. Where were you watching in this race? In, in the media room. Mm. 
Was it just you, or were you watching it with Matt and Jess this time, too? I was watching it with Olivia. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, had, I watched it the day after, because some reason ESPN Plus has been shit with my VPN, so on my phone, it has blocked my VPN, so it still says that I'm in Australia, even when I'm using my VPN to VPN back into America, so that I can get all of my ESPN Plus content over here so i had to log into my computer to watch the watch the race it was very frustrating Wait, this one you're you're on you watch it through espn plus you don't yeah. get the f1 races in australia well you do through sky sports and fox sports here but i don't have those channels available to me if i were to go to the brewery that i work with they have Kaigo, which is a streaming service, and I could watch the F1 races there. But typically, they all kick off either late at night or early in the morning. So I just use my VPN to use my ESPN Plus subscription and our our TV stream subscription to log in to ESPN and then watch the races there. So it's all the same commentary. So I'm still getting Martin Brundle and Ted Kravitz commenting on the race and Justin Button, but it's not the, it's still showing the ESPN, ESPN logos behind it. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah, Interesting. yeah, it, it is, it's been a little bit frustrating, but that's how I've had to do it when I've, whenever I've been abroad. So if anyone is abroad and wants to VPN in somewhere, it's one of my, it's a key tip that I will hand out to everyone. Um, but yeah, the the race. And so let's get back to the race and that like opening move. The one of the biggest things that happened was that Hamilton signs collision. Yeah. When Hamilton did a wheelie, not as good as Alonzo two weeks ago, mm-hmm. but he still got up on those sausage curbs. Flew a, a decent amount in the air and then landed really hard. I well, do you know what it looked like? What looked like last year, but now there was a sausage curb. Yes. So let's get into your your thoughts on the sausage curbs and what actually happened because I I do think that signs squeezed him. He was ahead, so he had that car, but I don't know where Hamilton goes, if that makes sense. And it was chalked he up goes. to a racing incident, so neither of the participants got no, but a he had to No, but he had to give the place back. Oh, yeah, he did. Which I just think it's weird, and I feel like that should have happened last year because he didn't gain a lasting advantage is what they said last year, but I feel like it was very very reminiscent of last year and i was upset Mm -hmm. that last year didn't happen and i feel like it's lewis hamilton's fault again well he had to give the place back so they the fia stewards did find him at fault Mm -hmm. but he was able to make that the pass right after that and then going down the straight he had a double dose of drs which helped him get back into the front but then what was weird about that was that right after he had retaken signs after giving the place back, he signs and then Russell were easily able to just 
drive right past him. So it looked like he had some floor damage that was a part of that because he never really had pace the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. And with how integral those Venturi floors and the floor is to the the car, any damage to that's going to affect downforce and the pace of the car. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so after he had that collision or after he went over the sausage curbs, he never really had the same pace as Sainz and Russell. And that probably led to Mercedes first DNF for mechanical failures this year, which is kind of insane. The reliability of the Merc this year. Mm hmm. I mean, yeah, but I don't like Mercedes. Yeah. George Russell has the most punchable face. Toto Wolf has a very punchable face. Oh, I bet you 95% of women who watch F1 or are no P- no F1 would disagree. I thought, like, Toto Wolf's a silver fox, Nick. You know who's also a ginger fox? Christian Horner. Horner. Posh Posh Spice. Christian Horner. Yep. Christian Horner. Does he have red hair? No, but his wife does. Yes, his wife does. Um, Yes, they they do. And Red Bull had a good, good outing today. Speaking of Christian Horner, the most interesting was probably Checo Perez and... Leclerc because they both came in at 90 points or 290 points for the second in the driver's championship. We had the big fiasco after last week's race in Brazil with Max not helping Checo out. Turns out that those two points that he would have had wouldn't have mattered regardless. But yeah, um, signs or not signs. Perez ended up coming in third ahead of or behind Leclerc and mm-hmm. gave him third in the driver's standing. Um, so there wasn't a whole lot. You thought that maybe Ferrari and Red Bull were going to get into a strategy battle, and they did on the soft tires, but Perez was was not able to harness that same power and pace out of the car that Verstappen was the entire weekend. So no, And also... Um, uh, Ferrari was able to win it with plan seven, plan yeah. eight, plan nine, plan 10. Yes, they did go through their Rolodex of plans this week and they were able to pull it off. And they looked very excited to take home P2 this year. And maybe that's consultation, but with that P2 and where they started, I still think it's a disappointment on Ferrari with not being in it at the end, especially with how quick their car was, but because of mm-hmm. reliability and more so strategy issues, they yeah. essentially shot themselves in the foot. They Plaxico Burris themselves and really cost themselves the a shot at the driver's championship, which is probably going to lead to Matteo Bonato's retirement. They said that they would never fire Bonato. Well, they'll, there's rumors that the Alpha Romeo principal uh-huh. is heading over to Ferrari next year, Nick. Well, why? Because they're a Ferrari supplier. 
Speaking of Alfa Romeo, they've had a lot of DNFs this season. Yes, they have. Um, and that was the other big talking point of this race was the DNF. So just talking about uh, Alfa Romeo, because I went through and did the research to see how many DNFs that they had. And out of the 22 races, they retired from the U.S., the Dutch, the Belgian, the Hungarian Grand Prix, the British Grand Prix, the Saudi Grand Prix, Singapore Grand Prix, Azerbaijan, the Spanish Grand Prix, and the Miami Grand Prix. So out of 22 races, at least one of their cars retired from a little less than half of the races. Which that's crazy. And like something you can't have happen. No, you can't. Because the Alpha is not bad on pace. It just to score points, you have to finish the races. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's something that Alpha Romeo does need to look into next year. And it's that Ferrari engine. I mean, well, they're about to not be Alpha Romeo. They're about to be Audi. Yeah. So hopefully Audi can pull a Mercedes and then when they come in, build a killer of a car, especially now that the MGUK isn't going to be used in the V6 engines. Mm -hmm. So now that that isn't being used, Audi is coming in. So we'll see if Porsche comes in with Red Bull, but that doesn't look very likely anymore. No, but it, did you hear the rumor that Ford may come in with Red Bull? Ooh, ooh. I would, the I'd, be down to see a, I'd be down to see Ford again because they, they race in IndyCar, correct? don't believe no no they do they do yeah ford races in indycar and nascar and they've no they've raced i think at Le Mans, only... right ford races at Le Mans. not now they used to they used to okay no. i mean they're they're a reliable car and it's interesting being abroad because in malaysia whenever someone wanted a really high quality car they always wanted a ford so all the trucks were either a Toyota Hilux or a Ford Raptor. Well, that's the first time I ever saw the Ford Raptors were over in Malaysia. Yeah, they're really cool cars. I would drive a Ford uh -huh. Raptor. Because even the here, Raptors are over here now. Oh, good. Because even over here, the Dodge Rams are really popular trucks. Uh -huh. Ford are really popular, popular trucks. The Hilux you do, I saw a Mercedes truck, which was pretty dope. <laughs> I also saw a Mercedes minivan. And it's funny because in the States, you're mostly just seeing Mercedes as these luxury cars and the C-classes, all of those. But over here, they're just everyday cars and they make so much more variety of shapes and sizes for the Mercedes. So it's 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 cool seeing that but i would love to see ford back on the the track and who knows with there's have been rumors about alfatari also selling so maybe that will give a opening to the andretti camp and then well, did you they see that can... they finished ninth this year andretti in indycar no alfatari oh i want it i because uh did aston beat them on the last rap or no. Aston wasn't even fighting them. Aston was fighting. Yeah, they finished ninth. It was Williams, Alphatari, Haas, 
Yeah. Aston Martin, Alfa Romeo, which tied, McLaren, Alpine, Mercedes, Ferrari, Red Bull. Yeah, I, I'd believe that because they were not good this year. And mm-hmm. I have the the retirements that they had too, because I had brought this up when I was looking at the Alpine's retirement. But for AlphaTauri, Yuki and Gasly, they retired from Saudi, Canada, French, Dutch, Singapore, Mexico, and then Miami, Britain. So eight out of the 22 Grand Prix. So a little over a third Dang. of the races. So, and even when they were finishing, they weren't high up. Like Yuki and Gasly, mm-hmm. they were rarely in the points. But it wasn't like their fault. Yeah, it was the just car the just car. didn't have pace. Yeah, it was a very slow, very slow car. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, you have to just finish races to score points and score high. And hopefully they, with, who who's the old-time Red Bull person that passed away this year? I'm they celebrate sure. them. Their, their, their owner, um, Dietrich. Uh-huh. Yeah, Dietrich Matricit. Uh When he died, passed away, I think that might be a reason to sell the team because they're not really using it as a sister team anymore or a feeder team into the Red Bull. They have well, their... Cause, well, because Sergio kind of upsetted that. Yeah, but they also have a generational talent in Max Verstappen. So you're going to build around your best driver. So what's mm-hmm. the point of having a driver's academy if you're going to have Max for the next 10 plus years? And be Biden able to the next Max Verstappen. Yeah. But even if like you're trying to find the next Max Verstappen with what Oscar Piastri has showed, what Nick DeFries has showed, you can essentially talent poach other people's teams if you have a more competitive car than their drivers would be going into. Yeah. And it's just really, really interesting. Yeah. So it brings up that question. We should should do an entire episode on on drivers teams and the next up and coming driver. Um, but the final thing that I have for this actually goes back to the retirements and that was the the retirement of Fernando Alonso at the end of the race. I know, and he's retired from so many races also this year. Yeah, like, he just hasn't been able to finish races this year. Yes, so the races and that's that, a big reason why Esteban Ocon beat him. Yeah, because he said that that cost him about fourteen points, and it is true. And this is. One of the things I was looking into, I was like, how rare would it be to have a retirement between teammates? So if you have the same car, you would think that they would have the same reliability, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So they have the same engine. They have the same manufacturer. Their reliability will be similar. So if Mm -hmm. one car crashes out, the other car should crash out. 
uh-huh. roughly on the same same scale. It won't be a hundred percent fifty fifty, but it should be close to fifty fifty. So mm-hmm. for Alpine, Alonso's retired. They've had a retirement in Abu Dhabi, which was this past weekend. They had one in Mexico. They had a retirement in Singapore, a retirement in Monza, a retirement at Emilia-Romagna, and a Mm -hmm. retirement in Saudi. So out of all those, how many retirements, Nick, do you think that Alonso had to Esteban Ocon? So there was one, two, three, four, five, six. Six retirements. Was it five to one? Six to one. So Alonzo retired mechanically six times out of those. The only double retirement was Singapore, where both Alonzo and Akon retired. But in Singapore, Alonzo retired first. So his car broke down first. That's and just crazy. Out of all the others, what do you think the ratio between Leclerc and Signs was? Was it Due to mechanical failures? Mechanical, then was it Signs three to four? Uh, four? Four to three? Yeah, four to three. Leclerc had, well, three to four. Leclerc had three mechanical retirements to Signs is four. And then Alpha wrote. Bottas to Joe. Um, was it five to seven? It six. Bottas retired six races to Joe's four races. So it's about six to four. And then finally, Yuki and Gasly. Yuki and Gasly. Mm. Was it Pierre more? Pierre was more. No, Pierre was less. Pierre only DNF'd from two races this year. That was Miami and Britain. Yuki retired mm. from six. So that's mm. on the scale of Alonso and Akon. But so I don't think that Alpine was purposely messing with Alonso's car, but it does raise that question because <laughs> it is a it is a it is a lot of retirements for Alonso compared to a spent Akon. Mm-hmm. So maybe we get our tin hats on and talk about conspiracies. Because I wonder if, I wonder if teams would actually do that if they spited one driver over another. I mean, but they never did that to Nico or uh, Nico Rosberg. Yeah, but Nico Rosberg was also they were fighting for podiums and points places. But well, they also never did that to Nico Hulkenberg and Daniel Ricciardo. Uh, now, do I think Latifi's car is cursed? Yes. I think Latifi but, is cursed in general. But did you see Logan Sargent when he got in the car? <laughs> what happened? No, I didn't. He had, a spin, he had a spin at the exact same place where Latifi put it in the wall last year. There must be a magnet in that car, Nick. And so everyone was saying, it's the car, it's not Latifi, guys. Do you want to know something interesting? Latifi had Latifi had eight points mm-hmm. over 63 race starts. Over three years, yeah. I it believe it. C- crazy. It's not, 
not a good sign because I feel like Alex Alban had that in like one season. Actually, he only got like four points a season, but that Williams was a trash car. Mm-hmm. And then Nick DeVries had more than Latifi. Yeah, have more points DeVries than Latifi. Just in. It came close. No, Latifi had Latifi what? had no, he tied he tied he tied Latifi. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I was two like, to two. And and DeVries had one race. Yep. Nah. Cause how many did Albon have this year? Like four points? Four. Yeah. <laughs> double doubled his teammate. Um yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the final farewells to four of the drivers this year. When Seb, Mick, Daniel, and Nicholas Latifi, who we may or may not see at the ever again on the F1 track, which is Latifi. Oh yeah, we're never seeing. Yeah, we're again. never seeing Latifi again. I'm pretty sure we're probably not going to see Mick again. I think he may go over to Indy. Yeah, he needs to do something to show that he's a good driver. And, and imagine he driver. goes over to IndyCar and just dominates. That'd be good. Uh, Grosjean's over there. There's yeah. a couple older F1 people who still wanted to race that are over in IndyCar. It's a good series. Latifi may go over there. I mean, Latifi yeah. talked about it. He should. You know, it'd be funny if Latifi then puts up a world record. And becomes what? a, oh, wins a driver's championship over an IndyCar. How hard? Is, I don't understand IndyCar. They all like have the oval, same engines. Yeah, but oval races are like worth like double points, and like norm like street races are not. Um, it's just weird. Yeah, I haven't gotten too much into IndyCars to, to talk about it. Uh huh. But I will be sad to see Daniel Ricardo and Sebastian Vettel leave F1. I think Vettel's done. He looks like a person who is ready to move on. But then we also said that with Tom Brady after he won his championship. And then a couple years later, he's like, or a couple months later after spending time with Giselle and his kids. And he's like, "Eh, maybe, maybe I do need some time away. Well, you know why he came back, right? Giselle was cheating on him the whole time. Oh, rude. Like for the last like two years of their relationship, she was cheating on him. Oh, rude. Rude. That's why he originally went to the Bucks was to get away from Giselle. Oh, I didn't know that. Who yeah. was she who was she cheating on him with? I'm not sure. But it was right. someone. Alright, well but- I I wish that I hope that doesn't happen to Vettel. You know, you know that, um, you know that in other parts of the world they don't know him as Tom Brady; they know him as Gazelle's wife or husband. Oh, I'd believe it. She's way more. She makes way more money than he does. Uh huh. And with her brand and excuse me, being a model, mm-hmm. it's it pales in comparison. So essentially, Tom's the stay-at-home husband. Mm-hmm. But yeah, hopefully that doesn't happen to Sebastian Vettel, and he gets to just enjoy retirement. He said that he'd be open to coming back for a race or two if someone needed a reserve driver, 
and I'm sure he could put in the pace. Say Russell Russell gets COVID next year. Let's bring in Seb. Let's have Hamilton and Vettel on the same team and see how they go around the track. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> it would be. And then sadly for Daniel Ricardo, he looks like he's a person that needs a good vacation and just some time away from the F1 sport to regain his composure, let him just decompress from being on the F1, being in that circus and get some perspective as well to come back to the sport, hopefully in a year, because mm-hmm. rumors have it that he's going to be a second reserve driver. So he'll help out Red Bull now with. A well, he's of in like shows. more of a he's in a more of like a marketing role for them. Yes. Kind of really interesting. And then he is supposed to. um reserve drive at like the north american races Mm -hmm. well because he's doing a lot of the simulator work and not a lot of the grunt work yes so all the the little f1 the little red bull kids are doing all the grunt work of the Mm -hmm. reserve driver role and he's just being normal yeah so hopefully that works out for him and say in two years i think that he could even come back and take that second red bull seat after they get have enough with Sergio. Yeah. And I was actually looking. The race had something. But the high. Daniel was only on Red Bull for four years. For four yeah. seasons. I thought it was a much longer than that. Uh-uh. It seems like he's been around F1 for the past 10 years. He's older than Sergio Perez though. Yeah. He's 33. Turning 34 this year. And he's been around, I think, seven seasons, two with Toro Rosso, back when it was Toro Rosso, four with Red Bull. And then he hopped Red Bull to go over to Renault for two seasons and then McLaren for two seasons. Mm -hmm. So I think he's eyeing that second Red Bull seat once the contract's done or if that internal tension between Checo Perez and Max Verstappen continues to rise and Max is like hey I want Checo out I think Red Bull would kick Checo out with a season to go and bring in Max's buddy Ricardo to partner him in the season get a little get a little Maxwell action yep get a little Maxwell action he, they have a good banter and good relationship so and I think Daniel does have that race winning mentality. And well, I think that he won't be able to compete as well, but maybe after these two years off, he'll come back with a a different perspective and just be enjoy being around the F1 grid and driving an F1 car. Look, I'm going to say it here and I'm going to say it now. Lando Norris will never win a race. I I don't know about that. Probably Lando Norris will never win an F1 race. I bet you if there's two seasons, because now that McLaren has their manufacturing society or site up, they're going over everything. They've just built their wind tunnel. They've hyped up their engineering and 2025 is going to be the season to see if 
McLaren really has what it takes to come back to the top of the F1 grid. So depending on how well they do there will depend on will dictate whether Lando Norris does win a race. Because if they don't, then I think Lando Norris hops from McLaren and goes to either McLaren with George Russell once Hamilton retires or kicks out signs or Leclerc or maybe even takes that second seat against Max. What if he goes to Ferrari? That'd be crazy. Yeah, it would be. Who would you... I think you'd have to kick out signs. But what if he just... What if... What if signs ends up beating Leclerc next year? Because signs showed, showed promise of just being better. He's more year. consistent. I will say that, but he doesn't have the overall race pace to mm-hmm. compete with Leclerc. So I think Leclerc is just a quicker driver. And over the course of the year, if you set pole positions and are out qualifying your teammate and can just get that clean air, like we saw with Verstappen and Russell, you can easily just drive away with the championship. They have to figure out their tire degradation because that's been the biggest hindrance to them this year is they have a lot of downforce over one lap, but over the course of the race, their tires just get chewed through, which hurts them on race day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything else before we hop in? Those donuts were cool at the end. And then it was they fun were. to see. Did Mick- you see that they told they told Mick to stop doing donuts? Yes. And then he did it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, screw you, Haas. I'm off to to bigger and better things. I'm going to do a donut if I want to. Yeah. So it, it was fun to see him out there and get some donuts in. It was. You ready to hop into school? Yep. Let's get to class next. All right. Nick. Class is in session. We're going to do what we do each week and grade the drivers of today. Like always, 20 through t- or twenty through 11 get a F. If you get a DNF, you get an incomplete. Um, if you did not get a score this year, then you will have to wait a couple months until we go racing again in Bahrain 2023. But let's start with the incompletes, Nick, this year. Fernando Alonso. Yeah. Yeah. No, there were three retirements because it was Alonso. Latifi retired at the very, the last lap of the... Alonso, Latifi, and Hamilton. I'm sorry. It said no no contest for Alonzo but it didn't it gave Hamilton and Latifi places oh weird was weird yeah well those three are DNFs um incomplete better luck next year but sorry Latifi since you are getting kicked out of the class he got expelled this year Nick he did get expelled yeah too many (laughs) too many incompletes too many F's on the (laughs) on the grading sheet left him mm-hmm. out of a race seat for next year. And then Hamilton, we talked about it very sad that he was about to take fourth. That one stopper that he didn't want to do 
probably would have worked out and he probably would have come in fourth ahead of signs. Yeah. Um, but sadly, just, yeah, it was just unfortunate. Yes. Very unfortunate. All right. So now let's go through 17 through 11 and who gets F's this week. We have Kevin Magnuson, Mick Schumacher, Valtteri Bottas, Pierre Gasly, Alex Albon, Guanyin Zhou, Yuki Tsunoda. Yeah. Yeah. Best of luck next year. Sorry, Mick. You will also, you also flunked out of the driver's grid this year. So we're sorry. Hope to see you again. But my, I don't think that he will be, even though his last name's Schumacher. And then mm-hmm. hopefully Gasly has a little bit more luck with his new team Alpine next year. Yes. All right. So now let's get to the top 10 and starting with 10, probably one of the most exciting things at the end of the race, Sebastian <laughs> Vettel. Vettel. Yeah. He really, they honestly Aston Martin screwed him over. He was driving up in fourth for a lot of the race. Mm-hmm. And then and it was just, just crazy. They just left him out there. Mm-hmm. They didn't cover with Akon. He probably would have ended up most likely sixth, seventh. But after they left him out, his tires were gone and he was sitting duck. Once they finally took him into pit, he had fresh softs, but it was honestly too late. He was able to make back like four or five places in that Aston yeah. Martin, but then came behind Stroll. I'm glad that he got some points finishes, but it honestly, Aston has screwed over Seb the past couple couple races with really shit strategies. Mm-hmm. So it was fun to see him battling um, who came in number nine at the end of the, the race. But um, farewell to you, Seb. It was fun and you were always very entertaining and it's cool to see him use his platform for causes that he cares about yeah and he raced with a different helmet every single every single race this year yeah good on really impressive yeah good on you seb i'm going to give you an a this week because that final race between final lap between ricardo and vettel and just because of him being able to overcome aston martin's shortfalls and strategy he gets an A this week. Yeah. Um, and then he had Yeah. Sebastian yeah. Vettel. Cool. So All sad right. his time in F one is just It's gone. come to an end, but he's on to bigger and better things, Nick. That he is. Next up, the honey badger. The honey badger Daniel, Daniel Ricardo. Ricardo. Um, another person who's leaving us at the end of the season, Daniel comes in nine, takes home two points, finishes for McLaren. I'm going to give him a B plus solid, solid race. Not anything spe- spectacular, but took it home, brought it into the points. So Daniel gets a B plus for me this week. What are you giving him? He gets a, he gets an A. I mean, mm-hmm. he's been struggling. Ah, B, B, B minus. He's been struggling with that car all all year, mm-hmm. but he got him in the points in his final race, so that's good. Yeah, good on you, Daniel. All right, number eight, Lance Stroll sneaking up to number eight. Mm-hmm. 
I'm surprised when he came there, but yeah, it was very interesting. Yeah, he's just been uh, sneaking into those podium finishes or the points finishes this year. So he comes in eighth. I think it's mostly due to Aston Martin's bot strategy of Vettel. Otherwise, he would have come behind him. Um, I just, I'm fine. I'll give him a B just on merit because. <laughs> He got into eighth. He's been low-key sneaking into the points, and I don't know how he's doing it, but he's doing it. So a B for me for Lance Stroll. Yeah. Same for you. And he gets a B plus. I, I have a soft spot for Lance Stroll. Why is that? I just feel like people hate on him a lot, but he's a good driver. I mean, he's solid, and you have to have some skill to get up to the highest racing of F1. I know money gets you so far, but to stay in sport, it also helps uh-huh. that his daddy stroll is the owner of Aston Martin. Yeah. All right. Number seven, Esteban Ocon, the new leader of the Alpine team. Did I ever and, tell you I don't like Esteban? Well, yeah, yeah, you did. We oh. discussed it last week when he crashed into Alonzo. What yeah. are you giving? What are you giving Esteban Alcon? Because he also has a punchable face. Um, he gets a he had a solid race. I mean, good, good, solid race. He gets a solid B plus. Solid B plus for you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give him a. I'll give him a B as well. He was up there, got the points that he did and although we say that he has a punchable face he's very consistent that he is and it like consistency is gonna get you really far in f1 and if you continue to just make it into the points regardless of how you get there he's like we can't take that away from him so solid solid b for espan all right number six oh Six and five, Nick. Let's just do them back to back because I think you're going to have similar things to say about Lando Norris, who came in six, and, and George, George Russell, Russell, who came in fifth. Both your favorite country, the Brits, and your favorite faces on the grid. What are you giving both no of our... No taxation without representation. We need to fight the British. We will fight them on Friday this week. Go America, go USA in the World Cup. Oh, you do you know, face England, don't you? Lando, you're a part of this. You don't have a you don't have a green card, dog. You're still an American. Why well, I, I know. So why we do you are, say we? It's we, not your America is facing England in the World Cup. We also yes. face Wales. Which we is face part Wales. of the part of Great Britain. Anyway, Which that makes no sense. And that whole thing. Anyways, <laughs> it'd be like, it'd be like if all the states are actually independent countries, and they were all under the union, like if the union America Jack. was under the flags and stripes, but then all of the countries, like all of the states, were independent countries. Mm-hmm. That's what it would be like. Exactly what it would be like. Yeah. So anyway, what are you giving our your favorite Brits this week? New minuses. B minuses? Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm going to give Lando an A. That's probably the highest that he is going to get. And then George Russell didn't have the pace that Hamilton had, even with a broke car. So he's going to get a B this week. For me. Yeah, it was just... Boo. Yeah. All right. Well, moving on to number four, Carlos Sainz Jr. What are you giving the Ferrari driver this week, Nick? Solid B. Not not a B plus, not a B minus, just a B. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. B for Carlos wasn't not necessarily like he had a good move on Hamilton at the beginning, got the place back, but even throughout the race, Hamilton was in fourth, and without that mechanical issue, he probably would have come in fifth this week. Yeah. So, so yeah. it was a solid race. Yeah, nothing to write home about, but I think B's B's good for both of us. Yeah. Now, number three, Checo Perez comes in three, narrowly misses out on coming in P2 in the driver's standings. But what are you, you giving him this week, Nick? B minus. Could have been more. Yeah. Could have done a lot more. Yeah. Did not have the pace. Probably with how fast Max was driving, the Red Bull had that, that pace, but he just hasn't been able to extract the same lap time out of it that max has been able to so i think yeah you give him b minus i'll give him a b um he just it's it's frustrating to see max be that good and then checo lag behind that much mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so hopefully he finds it for next year because he has been improving over the past two years that he's been with red bull he has been so moving on to number two, Charles, Charles Leclerc. Leclerc. He looked happy to take home second. He was eight seconds behind the race leader, Max Verstappen. And he, coming in second, secured the P2 in the driver's standing. So what are you giving Charles this race weekend? A. He gets an A. He had a really good drive. And was able to hit the strategy right finally, so it was an A. Yeah, I'm going to give him a 93. So still an A, but on the lower end, um, I think he needs to have more of that dog mentality and be more ruthless to Ferrari and really try to dictate his own his own future fortune and luck in the racing world because that's the only way that I think he's going to win a driver's championship with Ferrari is if he takes mm-hmm. control of his own future. Yeah. So now, and number one, Max Verstappen. What are you given the world champion and the cl- clear and far away best driver of 2022? He gets an A. Just a carefree Sunday drive with him for this week. It was just, It was just a nice drive. Yeah, I think A plus is appropriate. He showed again that he is the best driver in the best car. And we'll see if Mercedes or Ferrari can compete with him next year. Hopefully they can and turn it into a three three person run at the championship. But we'll have to wait for preseason testing in Spain to see whether that comes true. Yes. Final thoughts on this race weekend and before we sign off on the race reviews for this year. Free Carlos signs. Free Carlos signs. Yeah. Uh, 
explain that a little bit more. Free him from Ferrari. Uh, where do you want him to go? Start his own team. Join Audi when it comes up. Um, we'll see what happens with that. So yours is free Carlos signs. I think for me, it was fun. I've enjoyed doing these podcasts and we will continue to do them, find fun content and start posting more on shorts that sends people over to YouTube and watches our full content over there. That indeed. All right, Nick, um, uh, there's something wrong you with should, my what? your gear shifter. You, you can't, you can't, you can't get it my, in a second. My, I'm stuck in. <laughs> yeah, I'm stuck in seventh. Retire the car. Retire the car. You go engine. Retire the car. Retire the car. All right. Peace.